What's up, everybody? Welcome to More Than Two Sides. I'm your host, Marcello Balboa, and today I'm not joined by my glorified co-host, Fish, because he is out doing, uh, tending to other needs right now, but I am joined by a very special guest, and I will let him introduce himself. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Daniel, and uh, I'm excited to see where this conversation takes us. I've known Marcello for a couple years now, so yeah, I'm excited to see what we can yeah, so today is uh, February, tw- we're recording this Saturday, February 29th, uh, last day of the month, it's a leap year. Uh, how's it going, man? How's life? How's, uh, how's everything? How you living? It's good, you know, uh, every day, just work home and, you know, yeah, you just can't, enough, can't complain, you know, exactly. just living my life, not bugging anyone, but living, living what I can do. I feel that. Yeah. So I've known Daniel for quite some time now. Uh, originally he was friends with my older brother and then we, we met through that connection and, uh, we've known each other for quite some time. Uh, you went, he's a VCU alum. So shout out to the Rams out there. Um, Go Rams. Go Rams. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, he's, he's had a interesting story. Uh, you know, went from, yeah, obviously, it's from Lynchburg, correct? Correct. Yeah, Lynchburg, Virginia. Nice. Uh, wasn't born there. Born in Ecuador, but grew up in Lynchburg. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, just grew up there. Went to Richmond School there for four years. Nice. How? Then, uh, when did you? So, born in Ecuador. When did you come to America? Ninety uh, eight. Nice. And Bill you Clinton were was still president. Okay. And you were what? I was four years old. Nice. Ninety four. So I came in ninety eight. Uh, yeah, and. Um, been living here ever since, man. Nice, man. Became a citizen recently. Yes, sir. Shout <laughs> out. Yeah, man. I, I, I know this, but the audience doesn't know this. My man Daniel just recently got naturalized as a U.S. citizen, uh, so he can vote and do some, uh, you know, do do do, do the civil duties, the that civic I've duties been that come with being an American. Yeah, yeah. it's dope. Um, damn, that's crazy. Uh, were you a dreamer, or were you? In that I was a dreamer. Okay. I was a dreamer, yes, yes. So um, Obama opened the pathway for me. And, nice. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm semi-familiar with, with the program, but is it something that you are entitled to as soon as you get into America as an immigrant? No, or no, no. Tell, no, me, no. tell you, me about it. You need to be a child. Okay. More, more likely under the age of six, coming to America. Um, your parents brought you here. You know, you're under the age of six. Your parents brought you here without your will. And, um, yes, since you had no choice, the Obama administration at that time decided that it'd be fair that these kids that have made their life here and have people like me have just decided to Mm -hmm. embrace America as their home because this is what our parents wanted us to come to. And, um... So what's the what's the incentive? What is what is like what what are for lack of a better term the the perk of being a dreamer? Like what what as oh, opposed well, to come, just being a just a, like as opposed to coming here and being an immigrant of the United States and then but you get now the opportunity to become a citizen okay. because at that time let's say the dreamers were the were the kids that didn't have a a say as to where they came. So the so pathway to citizenship would be easier it's more laid out yes yes I that's mean, what that was the plan of the obama administration and it didn't come in to it, fruition as expected it, it came into fruition as much as it could okay it helped eight hundred thousand immigrants just like me uh-huh. that had no choice they came here as kids and just uh 
assimilated to the culture, to America, nice. and just made America themselves. Because I, to be honest, the first four years of my life, I don't remember anything. Yeah. You know, I don't. I, I have maybe one small memory of me falling off a bike. Yeah. yeah. You know, for but sure. Like, but, but my first four years, I was in Ecuador, but I don't know. Damn, that's after, crazy. After that plane ride over here is mm-hmm. when, you know, I remember my mom saying to me my first words in English were like, where's the bathroom? Because I, that was my first words coming from my first day of like preschool in this Catholic, Catholic school that uh, my parents enrolled me in while I was in Lynchburg. Okay. So it's, it's just a different way of growing up. Yeah. And you're what, 25 now? I'm 25. Yeah. So since you became uh, an adult in, uh, as far as the United States is con- concerned, because they classify 18 years old as being an adult. A legal adult. Uh, it took you seven years to get citizenship. Why could, was that a result of the current administration, the previous administration? Or it what? was a result of from Bill Clinton before then and now. Like, Why seven years? Though? Do you know? Do you know that? Just, uh, well, for me personally, I can only say from my story. I know that many other immigrants have their own story and their own um, way of how they became naturalized. Yeah. Uh, for me, you know, my mom has always advocated and has always wanted to get us naturalized hours her goal to come here and to get make us American citizens to allow us to have better opportunities. Uh, you know, the overall American dream. That was that was the reason we came here. And, um, you know, we we came here on a tourist visa. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be completely straight. We came here on a tourist visa. We didn't jump the border. We, didn't do it. we came here legally. We overstayed the visa. And but my my uh, my aunts and them they were already in Virginia. I don't know how, why they went to Virginia. Don't ask me. But, yeah, you know my they they were already there, and we decided to pay piggyback from people that we already knew that were nice. there. And uh, yeah, I mean we just we just did the best we could at that point. A lot of it was racist, I won't lie. I mean, one of the most vivid memories I have is when I was 12 yeah. years old and my mom was working at this chain restaurant in the South. I, if, if you're listening in the South, it's called Ryan's. Where in the South? Ryan's, like the Lynchburg, Roanoke area. There was this chain in the early 2000s called Ryan's. Okay. And uh, my mother, she worked there for six, seven years. Damn. You know, she got the job legally. She was there, but the visa expired, and we weren't going back to Ecuador. It was, it was, it wasn't a good place to be. And my parents decided to stay. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, put yourself in their shoes. Would you? Know, yeah, there, you know? that's crazy. But they I stayed, mean, and uh, hey, wait, well, my mom applied to be uh, to get the green card. At nice. least, you know, after the passport, the visitor's passport, she applied to get the green card to stay working here. Mm-hmm. And the manager at that time, even though my mom was working, you know, she was she was working from the grill to the bakery. She was, you know, and I, now I'm just bragging a little bit, no, <laughs> yeah. you know, for my mom. But uh, you yeah, know, but she, that, yeah. you know, but she was working really, 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 really uh, hard. As immigrants, you mean I'm as a child of immigrants. Yeah, 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 as you know, yeah. as you know, as you know. And uh, I remember her telling me at home that the manager didn't give her the citizenship because he didn't believe that she deserved it. Wow. Wow. So then she came crying. 
she came crying home. That's fine. And then she put us in the car and she drove us to his house. And she knocked on his door and she was like, sir, please just sign this paper. And I promise you, I will get out of your life. And, you know, I will work for as long as you need me to get out of your life. I, and, you know, it's just my kids. I just want them to be able to live here peacefully. Yeah. Just please just sign it. Yeah, I've worked for you hard. I've worked here for the last seven years without any, like, complaints. Like, just please just sign this. Dude, and, I feel you that. Know, I'll, I'll live here comfortably, like, without. I won't bug you. I won't do anything. And this motherfucker... Excuse my language. No, fuck that guy. He he closed it. He slammed the door in her face and said, I'm never going to sign this. That's he fucked. slammed it. And then she came crying back to the car. Damn. That's fucked. Yeah. And I was, and, and I'll say this now because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a naturalized citizen. Yeah. But I was an illegal immigrant after that time for the next seven years. That's wild. I got into college. Yeah. See, that's one of the things that, that, uh, on that subject, uh, that's one of the things that's always bothered me, right? Um, because, so both my parents are immigrants, as you know, and one of the things that bothered me was how dismissive the modern day citizen who is unaware of that topic can be towards immigrants because if you look at me someone who's naturalized because I was born here someone who went to college you know got his degree in computer engineering now I have you know, I'm a software engineer I'm paying my taxes you know I I work for a good company there's something to be said about the fact that the people who are making a sacrifice to come here might be the segue into people who can actually be productive American citizens. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I talked to, like I, I, I would, I would, I would question some of the people who are against immigration to say, well, if you're friends with me, don't you realize that I was the only reason I'm your friend right now. The only reason I'm here talking to you right now is because someone took a chance. You know what I mean? You're, somebody took a chance to come here and expand their ability to be greater in life. And as because a result, that's the that's the that's the overall ideal of what America is supposed to be, right? Exactly. Right. They they said in the Alice Island all of this bullshit that they tell us America is the land of immigrants, but then they always try to. Anyway, anyway, bullshit. I, I'm getting off topic. No, but, but you get what I'm saying. Telling, yeah, they're telling us the land the, that America is a land of immigrants, but then they just keep beating us down to the yeah. point where it's like now nowadays with this administration, it's like, are we like? Do, did we forget where we came from? Did we forget what all of this is like? Now nowadays, nobody can have a political discourse like we are having at this time without yeah. people getting offended and threatening to kill each other. That's right? the that's the crazy thing about the climate nowadays. Is like that's what, part of the reason why I hate having uh, political oriented conversations with people on a regular basis is because I feel like they can't 
the modern day citizen can't hold their civility. They can't. They, they can't. They, no, no, no. They can't. It's, get, it's, and it, it, I personally believe it's part of this cancel culture. Yeah. It's, it's, it's everyone wants to be offended about. Yesterday I saw, on a different note, yesterday I saw uh, on Twitter, Hot New Hip Hop, uh, Pete Davidson released a special um, on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet. But someone wrote an article. It's good. It's not bad. Really? Uh, but someone wrote an article about the outrage because of a joke about the LGBTQ community that Pete Davidson made. And I'm not a member of the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. not, neither are you. But the way I looked at it was, you know, it's comedy. Like, comics be comics. Comics are gonna, they're gonna play with the boring. Of course. It's different, you and know? The the fact that people can differentiate between uh, an art form of the comedy that it is and the realistic nature of what they're trying to get to, it's not like they're trying to offend you. They're trying to make a little bit of a point there. Yeah. The art form of comedy. They're flirting with the edge. Yeah. Let them flirt with it's the not, edge. It's, it's not, not It's not to be taken It's not directed twice. to you. Yeah. You know, it's not like saying you're a, you're a shit person it's, for X, Y, and Z. Exactly. It's just overall saying like, hey, this is a little bit of a funny issue or a fucked up issue that I'm going to make a light of and... That's it. You it know? <laughs> I, like, I don't. I don't understand why people have to be so sensitive nowadays to shit that people say. I was called a wetback, literally the whole time I was growing yeah. up. Yeah, literally the whole time. And I'm also, still. I'm still way, working. I'm I have still... to say, I really appreciate the sound effects coming from the background. Do you, have you picked up on those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think my my uh, for context, I. We're recording this in my apartment right now. I believe my roommate is a gamer, and he gets really into it and uh, screams at his TV. Um, and if you hear the if you hear screaming during this episode, it's because it's probably in the middle of a very intense <laughs> session. <laughs> Dude, I wish him the best. Yeah. He wins everything that he wants to. Um, yeah. With that being That's said. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, um, I made an error on a couple episodes before. I, I was saying that Daniel – so Daniel was supposed to come when Fish was here, but I, obviously Fish is not here. But I made an error and said Daniel was a debt collector, and he's not. He's a negotiator. It's along the lines of the same industry. Uh, but when we get back from the break, Daniel will explain what he does, and we'll get into that shtick. Uh, thanks for tuning in. What's up, everybody? We're back uh, for part two of episode five of More Than Two Sides. I'm your host, Marcello Balboa, and I am joined by my boy, Daniel. Um, Like I said before the break, uh, I miscategorized Daniel's job a few episodes ago. I was saying my debt collector friend was going to come on the show, and he is not a debt collector. He is a negotiator. Um, For those of us who do not know what a negotiator is, would you mind breaking it down for us, Daniel? Well, a negotiator can do a lot of things depending, but for me personally, I negotiate consumer debt. Okay, and before you go into the nitty-gritty, your background is in economics, correct? I'm correct. I studied economics at BCU with a minor in political science, and... um, 
Yeah, so now I work at a uh, debt collect, not debt collection, but debt settlement law firm. And would you say that that aligns? That is a not. I, I don't want to say typical, but that is a career that a, 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 at least a decent amount of people who study econ go into. I wouldn't say so. No, really, no. I would say that a lot of people that study econ would be more analyst and uh, the operation type. So, what provoked you to take on this role? Necessity. Okay. Respect. I respect that. And and like and to the previous question, what exactly is negotiation? As a, what's the difference between a debt? Because my my uh, perception of a debt collector, right, is the people who call you. Let's say you have uh, you know a line of credit of two thousand dollars on a on a credit card, and you haven't paid it in a year. You know, the people who call you try to get you to pay it, they, you know, they also... Yeah, and you are completely correct. That is exactly what a debt collector is. Yeah. But what I do is okay. I work for a debt settlement company. Yeah. And I am a negotiator for them, which means that I go and try to get the best settlement for you after you get sued. Now, I specifically work with the accounts that get directly sued by the banks, this means like the big banks. As like, opposed to what accounts? To the accounts that don't get sued and you can settle before that charge-off date. Okay. Now, when I say charge-off, that means that you have not paid after 180 days. There has been no payment on the account after 180 days. Okay. That's what I mean with charge-off. Those are the accounts that I specifically work with. Now, the program that I work with allows you to pay off the accounts with what you owe lower than uh, what you owe under the the 180 days, of course. Yeah. There's certain banks that will um, negotiate with you if you haven't paid after 60 to 90 days. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. For example, Chase. Yeah. But Chase is one of a kind. Yeah. Most banks want to get their money back. Right away. Of no. course. That makes sense. It's a capitalist society yeah. at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. So... At the end of the day, most people that enroll in our program have either medical hardships, on disability, have been robbed, have had X, Y, and Z happen to them to the point where they can't afford their monthly credit card payments. So uh, correct, now, me, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, and then if I am wrong, give me an explanation in as short of a time as you can, but the difference between a debt collector and a negotiator is... You are there before they sue? No, no, no. So the, here's the thing. I am a negotiator on the side of the client. And yes. then there's a debt collector on the side of the bank. I work on the accounts that have been sued on on the side of the client. And I work with the banks and the attorneys of the bank to work on a settlement for the client. Okay, so at the end of the day, you don't get a judgment of the lien. You still get sued on, but it doesn't go to court where the judge has to say you get a lien or you get a judgment, which means that after a judgment, you can get a garnishment. Okay. Okay. So, you know, there's a lot of legal terms that I'm just talking out there, but at the end of the day... Break it down, layman's terms. In layman's okay, terms. at the end of the day, let's start from the beginning. Yeah. Okay, let's say you owe $10,000 in unsecured debt. Yeah. Unsecured debt at... 
at the point where it is unsecured debt is like credit card debt, mm-hmm. where you don't have anything really attached to it. Mm-hmm. Secure debt is like a mortgage, where you have a home, an auto, though you know that type yeah, of debt yeah, yeah, where yeah. you can get repoed on, and mm-hmm. you can you you know the banks can collect physically on their money. Yeah. Okay, so I work on unsecured debt. So I get, let's say, I get, uh, I have a client that gets sued from Barclays Bank Delaware mm-hmm. for ten thousand dollars that they haven't paid on their credit card. Okay, so they own take they owe ten thousand dollars to Barclays. Nice. My goal is to get them to pay less than the ten thousand as low as possible. Now, after an account gets sued on, the lowest that Barclays will go is about seventy percent. But if you can get them before it gets sued on, let's say you don't pay the account for about sixty to ninety days. That means that at the ninetieth, at the about the three month mark, if you call in yourself as a consumer yeah. and you say, "Hey, I've been going through this hardship. I uh, got in a car accident or yeah, X, yeah. Y, and Z. Something happened to you that didn't that impeded you from paying that debt. You can once once again, this card has to be charged I off. I have a question. What's the uh, this is gonna What's the most fucked up thing anyone's ever said to you on the phone line? Like, do you get a lot of pushback? I so here's the thing: do. I don't, I don't deal with the customer service aspect of it. I deal with the negotiation and the amount of money you can save exactly on the settlement. Okay. Okay. So let's say, for example, you got sued on Bank of America account and you owe ten thousand dollars now, plus court costs that go up to twelve thousand dollars. Okay. My goal is to get. From the $12,000 balance to as low as possible. As low as possible. Okay. Most of the time, once Bank of America decides to sue on your account, they're not going to go lower than 70%. Nice. Depends on who you're working with. Okay. Okay. That's my goal. And my goal is to get 70% or lower on the $12,000 balance. And you've been doing this for, what, about a year now, right? A year now. Yeah, about a year now. Would you say you have gotten, I guess, I've better? gotten better to structure debt. Nice. I know how to structure debt to a point where I can feel comfortable, you okay. know, with whatever debt I have. Do you have own. any uh, funny or interesting stories or you don't really deal, like you said, you don't really deal with that side of the business? I don't deal with the side of the customer client yeah. business so i deal you, with more with the attorneys and the banks none of the funny bullshit goes your i way. mean i i hear the uh you know the occasional bullshit from the clients mm-hmm. where they one time there is a there was a recording coming around the office of just a client that was just going crazy on the phone them saying they can't pay because there's a deer in their house you know, <laughs> okay. you know there's crazy shit that people come yeah. up with to try to get out of their debt Okay, at the end of the day, you still this is pay. a debt and you got to pay. And if you can't pay it yourself and you need help trying to get out of it, look for a debt settlement program. There's people out there that can help. And if you can't, you know, if you can't afford a debt settlement program, then maybe this little conversation will allow you to understand that once the account is charged off, mm-hmm. you can negotiate for yourself. Nice. Actually, I'll be honest with you. In these in this past six months, a lot of my accounts have been coming from elderly folk. 
you know, like the like the baby boomers, like the like the 1929s, the 1936s, mm-hmm. the 1949s, like oh. these people that have been born and have experienced World War II. And the baby boomer not experienced World War Two. <laughs> some of them, some yeah. of them, like the nineteen twenties and the nineteen thirty nines, but the nineteen forty nines and these baby boomers there a lot of them are going through debt and it and it's and it sucks to see them going through this at at that stage of their life. And I'd like to think that my job allows them to uh have some relief, you know, instead of having the debt collectors coming down their throat, they can come down my throat and I can get the best deal for them, you know, instead of the debt collectors going down their throat and they don't know how to react to the legal system. Yes. All right. Hey, I appreciate you telling me that. Uh, We're going to take, this is the first time we're taking a third break. When we come back from the show, we'll do our first segment. Uh, I haven't really quite thought of a name for it. But it is uh, what's new in news, and we'll just go over the the week in news and try to do it in three minutes or less. Thanks for joining the show. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? We're back, and uh, we're introducing our first segment. Uh, New and news. I guess that's what I'm calling it for now. Uh, I might think of a new name. Um, but yeah, so we're recording this on February 29th, uh, Saturday, last day of the, the, the month. Leap, the leap day. The leap day. And uh, this just in, Joe Biden wins South Carolina. Uh, Daniel, uh, quick take. How are you? I think that Joe Biden winning South Carolina is just part of the Democratic um committee's plan to shake up the overall picture okay i think bernie's still the uh, main guy but uh there's so many others and the democratic things and the political things of it you know Mm -hmm. it's just a lot and uh last week uh tyson fury beat deontay wilder um for the heavyweight champion Mm -hmm. Chip yeah, he in did. boxing. He, uh, uh, Deontay actually asked for the third round now, the wow. third match. Take so on that. Who's your favorite? Who's, oh, Tyson. Who's your he, favorite he, and why? He boxed. He just outboxed him. Okay. You know, unless unless uh, Wilder gets a coach that allows him to understand and box better to where he can get that you know devastating punch that he's known for, I think Fury is just going to outbox him. So he needs to get that coach that understands boxing and can and can get him over the line with that devastating punch. Otherwise, it's just going to be Tyson all the way. Nice. And coronavirus uh, is the latest uh, viral sensation going around the internet for things to make you scared. What's your take on the coronavirus and why? Oh, you man, think it's the legitimate? The president is calling it a hoax. Yes, the president has decided to call the coronavirus a hoax, which has even baffled me. I, I felt like it couldn't be baffled anymore, but it has. But mm-hmm. I, I believe that the coronavirus is the, the little uh, so creepier than, than people make it seem. You know? mm-hmm. like, yes, it is still a flu, but if we... Um, if we don't understand it better, it's going to hurt us. And lastly, before we sign off, 
just because I'm a basketball fan, who's your take to win the NBA championship? A little too early to predict. Prediction, who's your favorite to win the championship and why? It's a little too early. I do, I mean, the Lakers right now, but hey, Let's the Western Lakers. Conference, if uh, if the Clippers wake up and they go off their slump, then, you know, they might get the upset. But I'm still rooting for the Lakers. I'm, I'm a big LeBron guy. I like it. Finals prediction, who? Lakers and Celtics? Le- Lakers, Bucks. Lakers, Bucks. Lakers in six? Uh I'm going to say it's a seven-game series. Okay. Three, three. We'll see what happens. Who wins finals MVP, LeBron or of Anthony course. Davis? If, if the Lakers won, LeBron wins finals MVP. Let's go. And there you have it, folks. Uh, that is New and News, the first segment introduced in More Than Two Sides. I'm your host, Marcello Balboa, and I was joined by Daniel. Shout-out to everyone listening. This week's episode was dope, and thanks for tuning in. Daniel, you can give your shout-outs. Hey, guys. A pleasure being here. Uh I'm happy to keep talking on my Dambo Zoot. Yes, sir. And we enjoyed some good-ass gin and tonics while we were recording this episode. Everyone, that is all. Thanks for tuning in. See you all next week.